Hey everybody, I'm Ken. And I'm Jared. And welcome to the Undefined Podcast. And you will not fucking believe who we have on today. On today's episode, we have Sunil Pai, software engineer at Facebook. And all around good guy. What's up, Sunil? Namaste, my dudes. Uh, All good here. I'm in India and it's warm and it's awesome. I'm having a good time. That's cool. I'm in New Jersey and it's freezing and sucks. But I digress. <laughs> uh, do you want to maybe intro yourself? Talk a little bit about uh, who you are? Uh, sure. Uh, my name's Sunil. Uh, I work on the React team. Uh, I just really just joined them very recently. Uh, I've done a bunch of things. I'm known for a shitty Twitter feed and a few talks online. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, I don't, I don't think I've actually seen one of your CSS talks. But I have seen two of your other talks that were not about CSS. And... Um, they were pretty motivational, and it was about better developer tooling. Um, tell me more about that. All right, so the big deal here is it is ridiculous that there are millions of JavaScript developers who use the sh- who build like really crazy websites, you know, with uh, graphics and animations and all that. But we are stuck typing out characters in a little rectangular box and using a terminal to activate these things. And it's stupid. Uh, so I keep trying to figure out what we can do to fix that situation for ourselves. Did you ever write Visual Basic? Oh, hells yeah. Hells yeah, I did. Did you enjoy it? Fuck yeah, I did. Why, why wouldn't I? It so, got, got so much shit done. I enjoyed <laughs> the shit out of Visual Basic. And I also enjoyed the shit out of Flash. And the two of them have uh, a bit of common functionality in that uh, the, the GUI is, is written, right? You're not really writing it by hand. I mean, you can write it by hand, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it had the editor. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that. Jared, did you do Flash? I wrote one thing in Flash for like a senior project in high school, and I faked it completely. I do think I just found some tutorial online and copied it. You so. fucking timelined it, didn't you? Oh, 100% timelined it. I actually don't even think I did it. I think I just found some stuff on the internet, like copied it, changed some colors, and just submitted it, and it totally passed. I, I, did, I did a lot of timelining <laughs> um, up until ActionScript 3, which is when, uh, I guess, things got a touch more dynamic. But I was on that Dreamweaver front page grind. Like, I did front page. That was, like, the first thing. Really? That was, like, that was like way before them. That was, like, the first thing I touched. Uh, but then I stopped coding for, I like, didn't get into it. Like, I stopped coding. Uh, but then, like, when I came back, I was like, oh, like, Dreamweaver is kind of interesting. And yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, you know, I guess we diverged from that because it got, like, real cool to, like, I, I don't know when it started. Maybe it was with, like, Ruby folks, but, like, to be, like, all fucking terminally and shit, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. One, one day the IDE was just, like, not cool anymore, like. Now we just got to type everything out. You just got super, line, like, fucking hipster. hackers. Yeah, so don't you think that's a little weird? Like, so pretty much every, so nobody teaches JavaScript at colleges. Or they have only recently in the two, last two or three years, right? Which means that every one of us has this story. Oh, I started on Dreamweaver. Oh, I was on uh, Neopets. Oh, MySpace was when I started. And it seems like that was a lot of fun and we got a bunch of stuff done, but. Like through the years, then this industry beats that amateur entrepreneurship out of you. And like, no, you need to follow best practices and rules and tests and 6,000 config files in a root repo. And that's a little weird. 
It's those motherfuckers pushing Eclipse onto your computer. <laughs> oh man, dude! I remember. I think. I think it took. I think we had an entire class just to set up Eclipse when we were like doing Java stuff. Like the first, like maybe two or three classes. Like what? So, I mean, enter VS Code, and uh, I'll be honest. At first, I didn't fucking like it. I liked Adam because mm-hmm. I already wrote Adam. Me right? too. Me too. I didn't trust Microsoft at the time. Mm. Um, you know, so I kind of like shoved it off. Um, but, uh, VS code is winning really, really hard right now. I think they're just going to kill Adam, right? Like at this point, yeah. right? they own both. So why not just divert resources into one? So, so why do you think it's winning? Uh, I have a couple of, uh, reasons. So, so Microsoft, I think about a few years ago, they started panicking at losing relevance in the developer community because that was the only thing that made them like good a while ago. So they're just going full, like stepping on the gas to get that thing back. And it's great. It's amazing. Like they're acquiring the right folks. They're talking to the right people. They're hiring the right people. It's pretty sweet. Uh, But yeah, like at a very base level, the reason VS Code, you can just download and the it comes with some really nice defaults out of the box. And I like that. Like you'll start writing JavaScript and it immediately starts giving you suggestions. I don't think any other ed- editor does that right now. Not Atom, not Nuclide, not nobody. You're like no. a plug-in away or something, right? Like you I, have to... Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I so I, I haven't used it in a while, but I think WebStorm does, but fuck that. <laughs> oh my God, what a beast, yeah. Phil, so, you know, do you write TypeScript? I hack on it a little here and there. You write flow primarily? Yeah. Okay. So I have to admit, right? Like I'm, so I, I suck at like static types. Like they're really cool. And I see a lot of people doing like cool shit with it, but I'm at the level where I can annotate some arguments in my functions and it gets the shit done. And like, I move on to the next thing. Anybody uses a funky parametric something or the other, then I start tapping people who sit right next to me. That That's, that's a code smell anyways in my book, but yes, I, I feel you. Like eventually you TypeScript Zen and foo or whatever you want to call it or static type foo just evolves. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. So when like flow and TypeScript, the the bits I know are the bits where, oh, I can write a function, annotate arguments, and it starts giving me errors if I get it wrong. That, and frankly, that's like 90% of the appeal of static type systems to me. So you know how like, uh, you know how like prettier removes that cognitive load of formatting? Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, TypeScript, while it does give you type safety, I mean, it gives you like 98% type safety, and it's not 100%. But um, like like my thing is that it removes uh, like having to go and look, like, like if I'm going to go call something, right? Like instead of having to go and look at the definition of it, I can just start typing it, and then you see what it's expecting. Yeah, or um, just hover. Yeah, or you just hover over it, and it... Uh, right click it whatever that's it i mean it's hard to say if it saves more time than the time is spent actually writing the types but it's a double whammy because then you're getting the type checking as well yeah it's pretty sweet like vs code is built for typescript like that's very clear to me when i'm using it so it has one purpose kick ass at typescript and it really does the job nicely. So it's it's ni- it's interesting that you bring this up because I've been thinking about this. There are two hard problems like when you're writing code and not like in, in a broad sense, like at a very uh, base level, right? The first problem is what do you do first? So people call this boilerplate. You set up your imports, your package.json and stuff like that. But once you get that out of the way, for which there are a hundred tutorials, right? What do you do next? 
like literally, what do you do next? Like just importing React doesn't do anything. It's a blank page. And the moment, if you can do anything to push the developer to make that leap, like it suddenly empowers them like 10x. And like, I think tools like VS Code and all try to do that. They're like, okay, like just type the first character and we'll try to figure out where to go from there. So, so now, what, what do you think about, uh, about what could be added to that kind of environment um, to improve the experience, right? Like I know one thing that I really like is uh, uh, when I'm doing styles, right? I have a thing that shows me the colors, right? Mm -hmm. Behind like the actual hex color. Mm -hmm. so oh, I love that. So it's really yeah. easy to identify that shit. And then when you hover over mm -hmm. it, it'll give you like this little like Photoshop, like uh, HSL type thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's the word for it. You know, the little fady gradient fucker. Yeah, that's uh... <laughs> Yeah, but the, the fady gradient, the fucker. fady gradient fucker. But wait, fady what, gradient have, you, have you prototyped anything, or did you have anything in mind around that kind yeah, of so thing? I have a couple of ideas. Okay, so uh, uh, and it, it's not just ideas. I happen to think that this is going to happen sooner than, late, than later. Whether I do it, somebody else does it. So I want to steal the right sidebar from graphic tools and shove it into my ID. Okay, you've seen this in like Framer or Photoshop or Illustrator. All of them have this sidebar on the right side where you can just adjust a whole bunch of properties. And it's pretty stupid that we don't have it in ours. So I have a concept for like how it will work. And I, I, like whoever's listening to this in the future, feel free to steal it because I'm lazy and I might, who knows when I'll get around to it. All right. So you assume you make one function as a special function that's going to spit out like a class. Okay. In Glamour, you'd call this CSS uh, or what I, I think JSS calls it like resolve, or I, I don't remember. Okay, so anytime you click on a, on a syntax node that's that CSS call, you just pop up this right sidebar and you start adjusting everything your margins, your paddings with drag and drop. Uh, you, there should be a little drop down into which you've plugged in a design system. So, Atlassian folks, I think it's called Atlas. Dropbox has their own design system. But imagine it's like a plug into a set of values that are colors and palettes and margins and so on. So you should be able to like quickly select a bunch of those uh, and then just edit these things because it turns out that is actually the bit that takes a lot of your time. Like in the, on JavaScript, Twitter and shit, you know how we like talking about all the cool shit like, oh, monoids and prof. I mean, nobody talks about monoids, of course. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like we talk about the shit that's sexy but it turns out like 80 to 90% of the time, we're just like droning on doing the boring shit. Oh, here's another div, here's another view, tip tap, product requirement. Oh, a button, you click this, you do that. So the style thing I think would like, A, would like make it faster and like enjoyable, but also like more correct. You're not gonna get typos now, or like you're not gonna mess up spellings. It's something the entire team can collaborate on. And it, it like involves your designers now because this is now a, tool chain or a tool environment that they're comfortable with. So they should be they should be able to jump into your React component and without typing actually change styles. I'm pretty excited about shit like that. I'm pretty sure it'll happen. Yeah. So yeah. don't you think it's ridiculous that this sort of thing isn't mainstream like five years ago? Like because we kind of started there, right? Like that's kind of what Dreamweaver was. Right? Like yeah, exactly. That's what it was. Yeah, but yeah. Our, our industry then decided to just turn its nose up at like at just disrespect a bunch of stuff that got us where we are. So I used to work on a thing uh, called the manware, which is I think it's part of, of Salesforce. Of course, you worked now. on something called manware. 
no, no, yeah. demand wear. Like demanding. Demand wear. Oh, demand yeah. <laughs> the man wear. No, no man. Um, so uh, what it was was like an e-commerce uh, type thing, right? Like an e-commerce system. Like, the, you know, like Magento or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like Magento if you have like $50 million or something, you know? I, it's a silly. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to open myself up to litigation here quoting but I don't, I don't fucking know you know it's a higher end deal right if you're a big company right it's one of the things you'll do and they had like this like style of visual programming that was kind of cool that uh i thought was chill they had a thing called a pipeline right so your api endpoints you would build with like this like fucking node graph so you would have like a start one and an end one and you could do like templating you could do like these little script nodes that would like uh evaluate it along the chain right so you'd have like this like linear chain of shit and it was really actually kind of nice like being able to step through that visually and then like see what these things are doing rather than looking at this this uh bracket spaghetti. Mhm. Dude, I mean that would open up a whole different door cuz like once we can go into three dimensions in our like editors in some way like we can get away from like tree structures and get into graph structures and like oh, things would be better if we could express things in graphs but our little tiny, you know, mammalian brains can't process some some things yet i don't know in our editors we see this like linear wall of text and it's on a flat tablet which we've been using since basically 3000 bc right to just mark up cuneiform tablets right we just admit writing flat text but like maybe with some vr stuff we'll be able to express ourselves a little bit differently i don't know how much things are going to change until that's possible maybe it's never possible maybe i'm just like on a whole different planetary astral plane right now but like bear with me am i making sense we see things like flat right when we when we're when we're like composing when we're in our day to day when we're coding well, yeah. and like well, if we could express you- things like in a graph in three dimensions and like understand how that would work like oh my god you're actually right so it turns out that so code is actually not even like two dimensional because you can't place, uh, uh, for example, you can't describe two boxes sitting right next to each other. It has to be left, right, top to bottom, right? The nice thing is right. that it looks like a tree, so like it sort of looks visual uh, for it. But yeah, it breaks down when you start doing graphs, when you need to talk through the code really and connect to something else. That's where we come up with stuff like CSS selectors and modules and exports and references and even like sketch symbols and stuff like that. This is this is a failure of the 2D format. What what you really want is to be able to reference something on another dimension. My my bigger concern is that I'm not so sure whether the industry is ready for this. If you don't mind me talking about this for a bit. Yeah. So like on Twitter, like the last few weeks was very distressing for me. I've been thinking about, I I always think about like, oh, what are we doing next? Oh, it looks like we have this problem solved and all that. So to be able to execute on an idea like this, or even something as simple as the right sidebar, we need to have like some things agreed upon as a community. Like if you want everybody to be able to use this tooling. So for example, regardless of your thoughts of CSS and JS, you want to be able to describe... uh, these styles as regular data structures in some JSON type format. So a bunch of libraries do this thing where, oh, you write key value, key value, then you make a key called um, colon hover, and then you make a sub object under that. You've seen this format, right? Like, yeah, certainly use it every day. Right. And uh, so unless that becomes like vaguely accepted as a 
data transform format and CSS can't do this like, for like for the reason for selectors and stuff like that. Like this, this isn't controversial. Like this has nothing to do with people's abilities or anything. You need like real references to objects. But if we can't get past that as a community, we will not be able to collaborate on tooling that does stuff on top of it. No, I was going to say, I think that uh, that's a hard decision to make before the, the value proposition. As soon as the value is clear, then I think it's a lot easier for people to decide to do that. Uh, case in point, JSX, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, JSX on its own, you know, you might be like, what the fuck is this? Right. I remember yeah. when I first saw it, I was like, this Dude, is I think there's a JSX website and there's like, what is the point of this website? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what is this? <laughs> then you use it with React, right? Which is the value yeah. add. And everybody's oh. like, let's fucking write JSX. Yeah. So and it's the same thing with like a uh, React Native, right? Like React Native forces you to write your styles like that. Unless you're a fucking weirdo and you do something where you use regular CSS and it parses it. But I digress. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, I, I didn't mind at all doing my styles like that. And it's not even real CSS, right? It's like there's a bunch of properties that don't even exist and Flex is all shorthand. But I was happy because uh, you said the value add there. That or like someone like makes a decision for the community and says like, like view, for example, this is how we do styles. And now we can like share components all over the place and that's how it works. Right. Like, and then, you know, if, if, you know, Facebook ever decides to decide the react style should be done the same way, then, well, that, then that decision is made. And obviously it's probably gonna be optional, but like, you know, that would go somewhere. Right. Did you want to use TypeScript before VS code? Nah, that's true. You're right. You're right. The view thing is awesome because uh, Evan, even I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. I think um, it's Evan. Yeah, he's very. I, I want to use the word sympathetic, but I think it goes deeper than that. Like I think he understands how to move communities in a direction. Like those decisions to say, okay, this is how we are doing templates, and this is how we are doing stuff. It wasn't born out of just like technical jack offery like it was very much a oh if we do this we will we will bring on so and so people who have the very basic skills and they will be productive on day one i don't think facebook will well i mean never say never but i don't think facebook will ever come to a place where they'll say oh the community de needs to do this because their needs are driven by fa like i don't think the react team would say it because their needs are driven by facebook and stuff so if it has to be in core it has to be something that's like facebook uses but to be fair, even Facebook internally has a bunch of like super experimental stuff. Uh, and I think they would be okay with like a new idea. Honestly, that's to say, I frankly don't care one way or the other, as long as it's something that doesn't cause me bugs. Like uh, if somebody says, oh, this is of course, huh? Of course, well, right? Yeah. Like no one actually cares how it works. It just is like, they don't care about the how they care about the, like they want to work us on the what and like Facebook, you guys do with the how, right? Like mm. if it, if it makes it like to Ken's point, like you don't really care how the CSS engine works in React Native, you just want to have it like make sense to you, right? And it makes sense to you in the object format. Mm -hmm. I suppose what it is. So yeah, I mean, I feel you. I think I, I would agree. I think I think I think you're right. I think you're right, Ken. It's like no to your point. I probably didn't want to use TypeScript till VS Code. To be fair, I didn't know about TypeScript till VS Code, but um, it'd be great to just get to that point, right? Like how we get there, not that important, but getting there is, is important. Like even at Facebook, I think Sebastian does a great job of justifying a lot of the design decisions, right? Mm. Even, even if it is a touch highbrow for my tastes when I'm reading through it. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you know, man, like, I have like, Wikipedia tabs open every time he pushes a post up. I'm like, telling you, 
But like he'll go and like, you know, propose like this API or something. And like, you know, what are we, there are like three or four iterations of, you know, some shit that's completely foreign or, you know, is like kind of like a wild idea. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the fuck? Right. And then he'll justify it. Like, no, no, this opens the doors to, you know, optimization or this and that, you know, fucking we can, you know, reduce the size of this. And you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> like, you know, it's a, uh, that, that value justification makes it so much easier to be open to the new ideas, right? It's a small concession to get a new superpower. I think that's how the React team hires, by the way. Like, if you think about it, uh, I think the people who work on the React team right now, like they came in from open source, but they were also picked, I think, because they're open to new new ideas. Like, that team is not satisfied with the status quo right now. Like, they have... the. Uh, like hooks are awesome right now, but the bigger deal is to solve UI programming for like 6 billion people. Yeah. So and tell me, w- 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 let's, let's talk about the near term future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two, two, three years out. Um, where do you, where do you see it going? And you know, don't, don't spill the Facebook beans, but <laughs> in your opinion. Uh, so, so I see consolidation around a bunch of stuff. Like it's the same pattern that we have actually seen for the last five years, but just applied out. So you remember that there were Redux framework wars. There was a router, and I don't say wars, you know what, it wasn't really wars. It was an experimentation phase and it was glorious. Uh, at one point there were like 20 different routers. Uh, so even in like the CSS styling thing, I expect consolidation. Uh, I kind of stopped work on Glamour because frankly, I just got a whole bunch of hate and I needed some time away from it. But other people picked up the mantle and just they've figured out it's getting fairly mainstream now. And over the next few years, I think like it'll consolidate. But what I'm excited about then is that I think, and I want React to do this, but any other framework could do it, of of course. Uh, I think we're going to start welcoming people who aren't technologists. So my theory, if you'll pardon the... Uh, highfalutin, whatever. Uh, so I think that if we are an, as an industry, like we have to depend on experts on every team to get things done, then we're fucked. Like we're, we're fucked yesterday. Uh, I know a lot of people talk about, oh, like, see, you need somebody with uh, deep sensibilities and experience to be able to build a maintainable design system and so on. I'm like, okay, cool. If that's your proposition, then we're screwed. Like, because really the people we want to reach out to are the people who aren't experts, the people who can't afford fucking technical educations in college, the people who, you know, like I, I've been hanging around my brother-in-law's uh, producing setup. So he's a DJ and a teacher and he, he thinks very deeply about his craft and stuff. Uh, and, and he showed me like a whole bunch of resources he uses online. He used online to study, to learn the thing and all that. And it's fascinating because like kids, like just very young kids just get in and there's like a wealth of tutorials who say, okay, this is how you can get beats immediately. Like hook this up, hook that up. And we need that in the JavaScript community. I think, I think we need, uh, we need to be way more welcoming of younger folks and people who experiment and tinker and artists and stuff like that. You're listening to the undefined podcast. I'm Jared Palmer, along with Ken Wheeler. Our guest today is Sunil Pai software engineer at Facebook and React Core team member. Did you see Donovan's nine-year-old give a talk the other day about hooks? Oh my God, Rebel. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the story. Yeah. We witnessed it. It was, it, was, it was a glorious thing. It was truly glorious, and I had to follow that. Um, yeah. But it's cool to see the, uh, 
the the next gen is just all up on it. <laughs> it was funny. Somebody somebody asked about like a create class or something like that. And he's like, ah, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, ah, oh, can you imagine that not having the the uh, the burden of like create class in the last five years of React, like just entering when hooks are becoming a thing. That's just coming in on hooks and just slaying. Man, it's incredible. Yeah. So how how do you get more like revels into the game, like? You know, I think tools like Create React App um, take it a long way, right? Because mm-hmm. Revels um, kind of just want to learn the thing at hand, right? They don't really feel like dicking around with Webpack mm-hmm. or any you know any of this shit, right? Because they don't need to, right? Because you know you just want to learn that thing. I think things like Code Sandbox as well, right? Like um, really just Cloud lower nine, the friction, like that kind of stuff, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. To just going and doing it, right? Like the other day, right? So you know, I work at a, a I don't know if I can say it. I work at a hedge fund mm-hmm. and, um, Oh, we learned more. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of C plus plus going on there. Right. <laughs> so I wanted to brush up on my C plus plus and what a fucking piss poor experience that is. Um, like, you know, just to get set up with C plus, I mean, it's like built into the computer, but even then, like, you know, like how, ha- ha- like it doesn't have like first class package management. And then you're just like, what the fuck? Like, how does this, you know, it's not super approachable in that sense, right? Like it's it's super approachable to be like hello world, but like if you want to like import boost and do anything reasonable, um, you know, it's not super straightforward. Yeah, my 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 dad has has been trying to like do you, like basically it's probably like copied and pasted through like a Rails tutorial once, but like and like has like some basic bootstrap stuff together. It's you know HTML CSS. But, like, he has got some pretty grandiose plans to build some apps and stuff. But, like, it sucks because I'm like, yeah, you're not going to be able to build that activity tracker without, like, a ton of work. <laughs> like, and that just sucks because, like, he has the idea. He knows what he wants. And he knows, like, enough to be dangerous. But, like, there's just, like, tooling in the way, right? There's just, like, setting stuff up. It's nothing's, nothing's turnkey. Nothing just works. Not just that. Like, a lot of that um, shit is so uh, low-level, Right. That like, like take, for example, like web audio, right? Like if you didn't know JavaScript and then you decided to hop in and do something with the web audio API, you'd shit your pants. It's a fucking shit show. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like if they had something a little bit higher level, like the fucking garage band of web audio or, you know, anything like that, it would, it would really, you know, you, you know, it's a good example of something that is really great. Um, Expo snack. That was fucking brilliant. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Man, that's great. Oh, that definitely. got so many kids into like native development, man. Like and it still does. Like it's brilliant. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny because once you learn react in one place, once you understand it conceptually, it's not that hard for it to be portable, you know? Like, so if they started with native apps, like suddenly like you could write a web app and it's not that fucking hard. Like if you just do uh, create react app, right? They're already used to the same file structure, imports, syntax, right? It's just I, now you're doing HTML. I bet there's someone out there that's written an entire, probably come close to shipping a like an app for iOS that doesn't even own an iPhone that like just use Snack or something like that. Like I, I would not be surprised. Yeah, if that even just React. So like I had an Android for a while, and uh, now I have an iPhone again. But um, I did a lot of shit right there in the simulator. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, I mean, it's great. I mean, that that we need more tools like that. So yes, um, so since you're asking about the next two, three years, this is what we need to do. I mean, we could totally stare into our own belly buttons and come up with a whole <laughs> super efficient VASM implementation of whatever the fuck you want. 
but it's all for not if we are actually not like getting more people into the flow like we get we tend to get as engineers we get to we get very caught up in the shit man like we are like oh sh- like how do you stream your style tags so that so and so and which is good like it solves like a class of problems but like i think the bigger problem is social it's barely technology we'll do the technology but that's fine that's just a function of time but we really need to be getting more people in otherwise mind you like i i guarantee you the like the web dies because apple and microsoft and google will figure out tool chains for their native thing that actually does this and the web will just be left behind wonder oh, why is nobody using the web oh the web is dying fuck these corporates and you're like yeah but like we didn't do anything to, to we barely tried well i'm i'm there right with you right and um you know if the web keeps going on on the way that it's going right with like this like old guardy fucking purist bullshit um honestly they have it coming because there is a better thing i can see it clearly right i, I don't know the execution per se but I can see it clearly. And if if somebody builds that shit, then the web is just going to be a bunch of fucking news websites. It doesn't even have to be better technologically. You get that, right? Like it could literally be slower, bigger and whatever. And it will still draw the next like billion developers their way. That's right. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing with like JavaScript. Why why a lot of people gravitate towards it because it's a uh, you know at least regular JavaScript. It's like a lower learning curve, right? It's not that much bullshit, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Like, like think about like making like an Android app. Have you downloaded the Android SDK? Oh Dude, my god, that takes like half a takes half a day, and then the docs themselves. You need you, yeah. yeah, it'll turn somebody yeah. into a fucking JavaScript developer on the spot. <laughs> that it it did it no wait that literally was okay straight up. I write JavaScript. I started writing JavaScript because I was running an Android app and I couldn't figure it out. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. I couldn't figure it out. You, you just, yeah. I literally was like, uh, I got, I can't figure this out. I tried and I tried and I couldn't do it. I couldn't figure it out at the time. This was in like 20, this was in like 2012. Really? Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know how to do this. I can't figure this out. Now I could figure it out, but it's like back then it was like so daunting to read all these docs and it was just like, Ah, it's too much. So <clears throat> I, I started running The JavaScript. docs were pretty bad back then. Yeah. So I uh, fucking uh, still aren't great, but um, I started writing JavaScript when uh, Apple killed Flash. And I'll never forget coming to the browser and being like, this is kind of bullshit, right? Um, my animations are nowhere near as capable as they were. Um, you know, this layout model is fucking ridiculous, right? The shit doesn't just pop onto the screen right everything like fucking tumbles onto the screen in order of load and all this bullshit um and i said to myself i was like okay well you know the iphone killed it so this is how we're doing things and it'll get better and here we are and i mean it's gotten a little better but it hasn't gotten flash better so no uh, that's i think actually like so like we complain about the old guard and stuff but like there's a kernel of truth i think their motivations are right because they ha- they think of like a simpler time where they're like, oh, like you would just copy paste this code and it would run. And I admit like there's some beauty to it and hell, even some use to it. Uh, the problem, of course, is that the context has changed. Like we build wilder shit right now. And yeah, we're making fucking apps. Yeah, exactly. The, what we really need is the sensibilities of that time tuned for this age not the technologies of that time but with 
the sensibilities of this time. Like, I think it just needs to be flipped around a little. You know what? You know what kind of apps belong on the web? Like fucking e-commerce websites. Ugh. You know that that's like a that's that's a that's a that's the line that I'll draw for for apps that are suitable for the web. Anything with more functionality or, or interactivity than that, um, I've been disappointed time and time again. Right, since you brought it up, what I want you, to go on a tangent here, okay? Like, get them, do it. Yeah, this is the sort of thing that'll get me into trouble, but I'll fucking say it. All right, so I'm in India right now, okay? This is everyone's favorite country to talk about, oh, the next billion users will come from here and we have to care about them and shit like that. Okay, and, and every time I hear some rich dude at some technology company in a very first world country say this, I scrunch my eyebrows and I'm like, uh, yeah, but like you need to think differently. Okay. So I've been talking to a shit ton of people for the past few days. It turns out that most stuff runs on Facebook and co like apps right now and like a bunch of other stuff, but like families connect through Facebook, right? Uh, businesses run on WhatsApp. Like I shit you not, like you will talk to the local store owner on WhatsApp and he'll give you options that you can even like tap. I think they're, they're introducing widgets and stickers and what have you. And in 10 minutes, this shit comes to your house. There's not a website involved anywhere here. A lot of the cash happens like on delivery. You're not entering your credit card number online. They'll come to your door, pick up money from you and head back. Well, they'll probably keep a tab for you. It's very like local mom shoppy thing. So they'll be like, yeah, don't worry about it. Pay me back in three days and stuff like that. So while it's true that... The next billion users uh, want faster websites. What they really want is services, man. Like they want to be, they want to be doing things that everyone else is doing. Uh, the phones their, have better. Want, sorry, they want their Uber and all that shit. Yeah, exactly. That's what they want. They want services, and whether it's coming, whether it's coming to them as an app or not, is kind of point not well not pointless but it's a one-time thing like they'll install the app and that's that they don't even need to update it for the next six months to a year fuck it they won't and and it annoys me because i think that's okay so you know you you must have seen a slide floating around in a bunch of talks of oh this is how much someone on minimum wage in so and so country has to work to get uh, one mb of data or some such shit like that right so what they're missing is that over the last three, four years in India, that number has changed completely. Uh, a bunch of telecom companies, uh, Reliance, Geo comes to mind. They just came and changed the game. Data is effectively free at this point. Well, not free, but it's like super cheap, dirt cheap. I'll have to go and find numbers, but it's to the point where there will be uh, uh, like Uber drivers will have like two phones on them simply because like they can and like full 4G connections on both of them. Uh, bandwidth is also really great. Now, if you go into like deeper sections of India, uh, like near villages and places where there aren't that many telecom towers, sure, like you'll start having shitty reception. But again, there, what they want isn't like faster websites, but faster services. And because the web hasn't figured out a good uh competition or alternative to apps like these folks will figure out apps like they'll literally travel for uh, a few hours to a place where they can get wi-fi install a bunch of things and they're set for a while because after that it's actually much cheaper to just make json calls instead of loading your service worker and six thousand css files right so yeah, true I, that right so i keep thinking that 
Yeah, I get where the concern is coming from, but really, have you been on the ground and seen like what's been happening in countries like this? Like it, it annoys me, and I don't know how to talk about it online because, because yeah, you know, like it, it totally be taken out of context, and I don't want to pick any more fights, you especially should, you not. You should fucking come right at it, man. I mean, there's a lot of devils out there that would, you know, lead me to believe that you're sitting here talking to me through a fucking tin can and string. But it's not the case. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know what? Yeah. Like I'm trying to dance around to find the right words for it, but it's incredibly demeaning how they talk about India and like Indians. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, you know what? We've been solving these. Like your, 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 your rural areas. Like, have you been to fucking Pennsylvania? I get like fucking one G in Pennsylvania. have, Have you been to upstate New York, by the way, just so you know, I'm in Vermont right now. And, uh, your cell phone work. I, I'm doing this off my phone. Because, like, Wi-Fi is pretty bad up here and, like... Really? It's not great. Wow. Yeah, like, it's pretty shoddy. But they're just, like, patches. Like, they're, it's it's not yeah, great. It's we don't have great coverage up here. Is what it is. Yeah, you guys have yeah, Comcast, and, like, which is, like, the most evil garbage internet company in the world, right? Well, they actually throttle you, I believe. Oh, my or, God. Yeah, at least they did at one point in time. Like, if you were, like, downloading a bunch well, of shit, like, they'd slow you down. They definitely still do it. They all, all of them do it. Verizon's um, a fucking piece of shit. Well, hey, I mean, that's the well. I'm just that's saying like, I went and paid like an upgrade for like fast internet. And they're like, uh, they're like, so like I checked it, like my Wi-Fi because my fucking computers don't have Ethernet ports. And I'm, I'm, yeah, what's yeah. we'll get to that in a different podcast, but we'll come back to that. Yeah, in and a second. I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, this this connection isn't where and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, we only make guarantees about that speed over a wired connection. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, dude, I have gig, I have gigabit internet in my apartment in New York, and uh, I only get like 700 down. Yeah, but I pay for I pay for gigabit, and then I only get like 150, like 300, like it's not symmetrical. It's Meanwhile, in Singapore, it's like gigabit, like symmetric. Yeah, it's like gigabit like, in the fucking mall. Yeah, in the bathroom, like where you need it. But anyways, um, so yeah, this concern yeah. <laughs> for the Eastern Hemisphere and like third world countries ish i think there like there needs to be a, like a conversation of context around it otherwise we'll get nowhere i mean yeah they will make really fast websites that nobody gives a fuck about yeah all right so like what's an example of one of those websites like flipkart or like what like what's the like that invested like massive amounts of money into mobile web and like i think they do a lot of like code sharing between their web and native stuff so i don't know if it's like a like i don't know it just seems like so 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 that that that's that's like a 2015 14 problem is what you're saying that that's no longer really there. So it's like don't get me wrong like uh phones like you'll still have like cheap phones and stuff like that and you sh- you shouldn't be sending a shit ton of stuff but it's it shouldn't be the overarching argument to building stuff. You know what like that doesn't isn't that what it feels like right now that oh if you don't use web components and uh, so-and-so loading strat- strategy and Shadow DOM or whatever, then, well, your company will lose 40% revenue. And, oh, by the way, that's just it. This underlying thing that capitalism just drives all of web development is just annoying to me. That shouldn't be how it is. Again, like we're just excluding a whole bunch of people by saying that. But yeah, but this perf, I call it perf absolutism. It's exclusionary by definition, man. Yeah, like of course, you have to be an expert. Yeah, you have to be an expert, lady. Assume, and like, and not only do you, you need to be an expert, you are not an expert. Expert, sorry, because you don't work at a company, you don't have all the insights, you don't know how to load this properly, and then you need somebody that does. 
So follow our mantra buy and this book, you know, dogma and buy this book and buy this thing and take this class and do all this instead of focusing on shipping your product and making something like a service that's valuable, just concentrate on the perf and jerk yourself off in your, in your bedroom yep. while everybody else is, uh, you know, trying to actually make money. Um, but it's a very strange, um, very, very strange dynamic. I've noticed it too. And what's also interesting too, is that, you know, we, um, as like a community, um, only see like the, de- like developer relations, developer advocates. And then like the people who work on like the framework teams are like oftentimes the most vocal, mm-hmm. not the product engineers, right? Not the people shipping the stuff. Oh, that's my super right? secret superpower. My network of product engineer friends I've built over the years. That, that is how I always keep myself grounded, man. Those are the real heroes. Like they know way more. They have way more context into building something end to end than someone who just says, well, yes, code splitting. Why aren't you code splitting your bundles? Where you're like, yeah, well, whatever. Man, if your service is good enough, if what if if the content or the service is good enough, honestly, people don't give a fuck. And then and, and that's they it. Don't. And like, dude. look at like, dude, there's like fucking porno websites that I go on that are like the worst websites in the entire fucking world, and they're slow as shit. And you don't give a and shit. Don't you don't give a shit. I still use this shit. Dude, we were it. actually talking uh, on my team about some of like, okay, so when Tumblr went down, or not went down, when the recent Tumblr announcement where they took off all the adult content, we were like, okay, what if we built the best porn thing? ever what would that look like and it's like a pretty decent like site reliability engineering problem like just because at any time any service could be like no we're not going to serve your shit and like just turn off Hmm. but like realistically that's just the way you build anything but like seems like it's an acute problem if you're in the porn industry but like you're totally right like some of these websites are terrible yeah but people will still use the shit out of them because it provides a service absolutely people people are there for the service they're not there for your fucking service worker (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, you heard it here first. I like that. And that's you know that's that's the that's the bottom line. And while you know while it's a good thing to uh, you know like uh, aspire to do, right? You'd be sitting there on Twitter and like you post up something you're proud of, and some fucking dickhead will come in and start mouthing off about the size of something, and you're like, you out of oh. your fucking mind? <laughs> oh my god! Do you, can you, you imagine how many people you? don't post stuff because they're afraid of like those kind of responses? I know. There's so many people who are afraid to do open source or afraid to put products out there or do this sort of thing. You know, I've, I've talked to them. You know, they're, they're timid about it, right? Because they don't want to be judged or given a fucking hard time. I'm a special kind of dickhead where I don't fucking care. So I put it out there. But there's a lot of people who have, you know, smart people who build cool shit. The shit never sees the light of day. You're listening to the Undefined Podcast. I'm Jared Palmer along with Ken Wheeler. Our guest today is Sunil Pai, software engineer at Facebook and React Core team member. Did you guys watch the new Spider-Man movie? No, I, I kind of want to, it. though. Uh, I hate you both so much right now. It's incredible. Uh, so, I, so A, the movie is really good, and but I'll get to the point. Uh, so, first of all, the movie is really good. It's unlike anything else you've seen before as, like, an animated movie. Definitely the best Spider-Man movie, possibly, like, my movie of the year and stuff like that. And I don't, I'm yeah. not even saying this lightly. Like, everything about it is great. Even the soundtrack's amazing. But I, I, I started going into the Spider-Verse Twitter, which, and I ended up... Uh, so it turns out there's this huge community that finds a movie they like or like books or whatever, and they start making art about it, man. Like they'll just make a dumb sketch of themselves as Peter Parker, for example. And there's all this love and support that this community has. And it'll be like a pencil sketch. Some of it isn't even good. Some of it is amazing. Like you're like, holy shit, like I hope you're rich for this, but artists never never make money. Haha. <laughs> and I'm like... 
why can't we take this exact thing into our community? Like there are people who do this. There are communities that already do this. That's the whole CodePen community. That's a creative co- coding community. But they actually have to be sheltered and protected by the people who run the community. Because if they're ever exposed properly to the outside world, oh, they'd just get shat on and they'd stop it, man. It's because of intellectual and academic elitism and gatekeeping. Uh, maybe is, is that the problem? Do you think that because JavaScript is just a big tent where people are making millions of dollars with their whatever websites, they're sitting right next to the art student in uh, God knows where, and like they're competing on the same ground? Do you think like we need to have, establish have some you, boundaries? Have you, have you been on Hacker News? Oh my I god! Mean, look, you know, I it's think, like it's like yeah. any chance one of these people has to take a shot at another person and fucking flex their fucking brain cock, they'll do it instantly. Ugh. You know what I mean? They'll nah, just tear yeah. people's shit apart. This is the wrong way Twitter, to do this. Yeah, well, you know, you should have used this pattern. Ugh. It got <laughs> so I, I uh, for context for whoever's listening to this. So I wrote a little gist on CSS and JS and why people use it. Not why it's good or why I like it or why I even think it's better because frankly I've come around to thinking that it's not better if you look at it like from particular vectors, right? I literally just wrote the post for why other people use it. Oh, because they get these, if they have these constraints, they can use this. And I actually had like some fairly good reception on on like uh, Twitter and even like Reddit for of all people managed to discuss it sanely. Oh, this is because of people like Sean and Mark who run the React uh, subreddit. Man, yeah. those guys are so awesome. Like they just, oh, they're like, they've managed to keep the culture fairly decent. Oh, but that shit hit Hacker News. And so what had happened was I also hadn't slept like the night before. So I was up for about 30, 40 hours by that point. And I was like a beer or two down. And <laughs> these guys started, they're talking about how... I, my shit doesn't represent the community. It's the reason we're all going to fail or whatever the hell. And that shit fucking hurts. I'm a middle-aged dude in my mid-30s. And, oh my goodness, like, I've not felt that way in a long time. How, and you're how like an pr- accomplished dude. Right? I think I've done well for myself. You're on the it's fucking weird. React core team. And you, right? you, you feel yeah, bad. Yeah, and still somebody says shit like that online, it hurts. And I'm like, my God, imagine if imagine if this is, had happened. I, I could have written the same article 10 years ago, really, because it's it's not ultra smart or anything. It's just it's just writing. But if I had if I had the same response at the time, I probably would have left the industry. I wouldn't have seen a reason to stay. It's a it's it's a weird culture because half the people aren't like that. You know, like, yeah. uh, and when you meet these people at you go to conferences, they're so nice and everybody's super welcoming for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, and everyone, at least my experience, I'm maybe going to just great conferences, um, and meetups and stuff is like, everybody's super welcoming. You know, we're all laughing. We're all, we're, we're in person. It's just like, yeah, we're people. Everybody's people are just like making rectangles on a fucking screen. Mm-hmm. Right. Like at the end of the day. And, and we all realize how silly that actually is. But um, when something about the the Twitter sphere and definitely on Hacker News maybe worse worse than anywhere else, um, it's just way easier to criticize than it is to like you know give praise and because like I don't know just like this weird asymmetry of the internet. Um, what was even and it weir- just comes out. What was even weirder to me was that in that Hacker News thread they then started discussing what their CSS stacks were like and why they picked it. And I'm <laughs> like, was you better. jerks. This is literally all I was talking about. I'm glad you're talking about it, but you didn't have to like abuse me for to get to this point. 
I'm sure they didn't even read the article, to be honest. Okay. There's like, <laughs> uh, I've once saw a comment the other day on LinkedIn. It was like, didn't read the article, but based on the headline and just like, that was how it started. Oh, the best is when like your thing gets posted, like, oh, here's this like GraphQL thing. And then like the first comment, the first comment is some dude like, hey, this is cool, but check out my GraphQL thing. I'm like, you, oh. how dare you? Oh, and then you can't do anything about it. Right? You can't just like. Uh, that's the yeah, worst. You can't just, yeah. like, people, 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 almost every re every release of Formic, there's someone's like, mm, check out my form library underneath my release. It's like, dude. <sighs> no, they want to drag you to their level because, like, what is that thing you say? You wrestle with pigs, you, you're the one who gets dirty. Like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'd say that, like, if, uh, if a good guy and an asshole are, are arguing at distance, you can't tell who's the asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> So how do we fix all that though? Like, what would we, is it like the platform that that's messed up? Not, is it no. like the nature of our work? I think we're we're in the process right now of, uh, you know, when people are doing that sort of thing, you know, calling them out on it. Yeah, so it's happening. Yeah, saying, hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I think that's so an important did, part. Have you noted that the people? So yeah, every community has leaders, and I fucking hate this, by the way. Like. For, it's a whole, it's a topic for a whole other discussion that we do a bit too much hero worship in our community, it's which is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even so, even so, it turns out that the JavaScript community, the thought leaders who are there right now, are way better than it was ten years ago. Like way better. They are way more welcoming. There are a bunch of like really sweet people. Like uh, two names that come to mind are Sarah Drasner and Adios Mani. Like I just like being in this. In the like when they're talking, I like being in the area because I feel good about myself and other people. Like because they are always uh, giving a voice to like other people, smaller projects, or just being helpful and kind. Uh, I, I so yes, you're right. We are in the process of unfucking our culture right now. And it's kind of nice to see. Addy is the fucking best, and Sarah too. And you know who yeah. else is good? Dan. Dan's the best. Dan is one of the most diplomatic motherfuckers I have ever seen in my entire life. Praise be he, our prophet Dan. I'm yeah. sitting there on GitHub telling it's, people, fuck you, come fight me, da 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 You know, he's like, he's like, you know, maybe yeah. that's the wrong way of thinking about this or that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the hair. I think it's the hair that, like, everybody gets blinded by. You get really introspective once you see that hair. Yeah, exactly. So once you get to that, then he'll, like, then he'll get you with the facts and, the like, this thing. And you're like... Yeah, well, have you considered this? And yeah, like, Dan's, Dan's pretty sweet. Like, I, I, I want to grow up to be like Dan, I think. Same. Or like Sarah. Yeah. Same. Mm. Someday. Mm. Until then, we're just dickheads <laughs> on a Someday. podcast. That's exactly right. <laughs> Talking about Dan, you guys want to, do you guys want to talk about React at all? <laughs> yeah. Nah, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, when are you going to rewrite it in OCaml? Oh my god! I, do you know that it started off in some weird ass ML language called Standard SML? ML. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like OCaml. I've been having fun with that. We talked about this on our little uh, on our last episode, which we're not going to release. But <laughs> are, you guys, are, you, are you talking about reason and stuff? Is that it? Uh, no, we, yeah, 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 yeah. How did you learn JavaScript, Sunil? Uh, so. Can I tell you? I'll, I'll give you the. Sh I've, I've mentioned the story before, but I'll give you the short version of it. So uh, I did really badly in college. Like it took me like seven years to get like my four-year degree. Uh, and this is like I like when I entered college, I was doing really well. But then I discovered weed and guitars, and I got myself a girlfriend and shit. Um, yeah. 
Uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a classic story, so to speak. Get him. Anyway, so, so I, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I went to Hyderabad and I met this, uh, I met a friend who said, hey, why don't you just come talk to my manager? He's a really fun guy. This guy named Chandru. And even he didn't know JavaScript, but he was in charge of the UX for this firm called Pramuthi. And he's like, you know what, why don't you just join and we'll figure it out. So I was like, fine, okay, like a very bare minimum, not a minimum wage, but like way less than I would be make, I make now. And the first day he's like, oh, why don't you figure out how to make an Ajax request? And that shit took me three days, bro. Like this is before Firebug. This is when you used alerts for debugging. Okay, this Ooh. is super stone, stone and sticks and stones technology. And I remember crying, like I was crying on the second day, like what the fuck have I gotten myself into? But I did it. I, 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 wrote the, I wrote the JavaScript. And then like other people came and helped me. I remember this uh, woman named Ramya. Uh, she sat down next to me. She's like, yeah, we're going to learn this shit together. Let's do it. And she taught me, man. That's, that's how I really got into it. So when Firebug launched, not even Firebug launched, when the, B, the 0.1 beta came out, ah, that shit just changed my life. That was when I knew, oh, now it can be serious. Now it's not just a plan B. This this makes this shit serious now. So 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 Sunil, what what is your advice to younger Sunil and to other junior developers that are maybe listening to this podcast and thinking, man, Ken and Jared are kind of cool. But um, no, no, in all, in all seriousness, like, what is your advice to, to junior you and then also junior developers that are that are entering the game? Uh, so I feel like everybody does this, and I don't think they write about it or anything. Okay, so when you get into like the technology game or like even like just writing a little code or making your website, there's a hump. There's a there's that first 10, it could be 10 days, it could be two months, I'm not sure, like for different people it's different. But it's that hump before which a lot of people give up. It's the same hump people give up before they're, like when they're learning to play the guitar or whatever. Where they're like, oh shit, like the best I can do is Wonderwall, well, the guitar is now going to gather dust for like the next few years. So my, my advice is to like figure out how to get over that hump. It has to do with tuning out fucking hacker news and Twitter and like even getting some discipline in your life where you're like, you know what, I'm going to study this and I'm going to like make it my bitch. Uh, that's, that's the advice, like to figure out how to get over that hump where af- right after which you're able to actually express yourself in code or like as a website or like whatever. Because if you can do that and like, oh my God, if you can find a mentor or like a friend who helps you get over that, like the world's your oyster. Like after that, I, I never, once I got over that hump, I felt like the world opened up to me. I could, like I could do anything. Before that, it was like depressing and like I didn't, under, like none of it really clicked for me. But the advice is to fig, like to just persist just until it's, and at some point you'll know it, like in your mind, in your body, like you know that it's clicked and that you can finally write stuff and stand toe to toe against somebody who's gone to a Stanford for 12 years and $150,000 in debt. Uh, but that's the advice to f- figure out how to get over that hump. Well, it's like, you know, that's now you advice. have the same salary. So who's laughing Dude. now, Stanford? Am I right, right? Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's great advice. I wish I had had that advice because I actually had never heard to express that way, but that is totally how it felt. Um, being self-taught, like figuring it all out. Like I just had to get over this one yeah, you really got a crest, and, then, and you know, there's, there's, like, I mean, there's more than one hump. Oh, oh for, for sure. sure. But yes. I remember that. 
I mean, I mean, I mean, there's always another hump. No, but it gets thing, easier, right? right? But like, no. Because you know it's achievable then. But you're like, yeah, I, I did that last time. I yeah. did it this time too. Fuck you. Yeah, there's I'm definitely this like, okay, I'm like, I learn you. <laughs> I could do yeah. anything. Like you definitely go through, I can do anything spats. And then also like, I literally have no idea what I'm oh, doing. Oh, that's probably and open that's just, you know, the yeah, ebb and If you start learning open. What the fuck is that? the hump? Yeah, but. When. Uh, when you went from like copying and pasting JavaScript to understanding it. Yeah. No. Yes. Like yes. That's the most important yes. hump in my opinion. Cause that really opened it up to you. Yeah. Cause HTML actually was like pretty much like snap your fingers. Like it's not that hard to yeah, figure out. Yeah. You get like dangerous like really quickly with HTML. That's right. Yeah. And same thing with CSS, but I remember being afraid of JavaScript. Yeah. I remember that. I remember those days like specifically um, being afraid of JavaScript. And then one day I wasn't. And I remember the day I actually like spun up my first like node, like I wrote the, my first express server and I was just like, wait, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That like, feeling. You, and, best. Then, and like, and then, and then it worked and it was just like node start or like node, whatever. And there was just like node server JS and, and then it just like ran. And then like, I just like found the right tutorial and just like hit flow that one day. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. that that's what this is. <laughs> That's it. Oh man, like, <laughs> I was so worried. I had to find out what an enterprise Java bean is. I still don't know, by the way. What the fuck is a bean? <laughs> Yo, I think it's a. I don't know. <laughs> I can ask. I can ask friend. I oh, thank friend for God one. for JavaScript. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So that that but that that's that definitely speaks to me at least. Like I remember that hump, and I've seen it. And you know, I get a lot of people that come up to me like Jared. Like you taught yourself a lot of code. Like how how do I do that? And I was like. And to be fair, I don't even know how you do that now. I guess I just point them to free code camp, but like, um, I've actually heard limited success stories from people who've had to ask me how to code. And what I mean by that is like, if you're the person that asks, you may not be predisposed to do it. If that makes sense. Cause like the person who's like going to succeed, like just does it right. Yeah. It well, doesn't even when people ask. ask me that what I typically tell them is just build things. And what's going to happen is at some point, you know, if you haven't done this before, it's going to be very fucking early in the process. Um, if you have, you know, maybe it's a little bit later, but you are going to hit a point where how the fuck does that work or how do I do this? Right. And then you are going to go on the internet and you're going to find out how that's done. And then you're going to do it. And then you're going to come up to your next problem. Right. And then you're going to go on the internet and you're going to figure out how it's fucking done. Right. And then pretty soon, mm. right. You're going to be solving problems and you're going to know vaguely how that's solved. And then you're just going to go back to the website. Ah, yeah, okay. That's the argument. Go back in and fucking do it real quick. You know, you're sitting there, uh, you know, looking at MDN fucking array prototypes real quick. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I know mm -hmm. I need to use this, but you know, what's the exact signature of this fucking thing. But you know, it's, it's really just a process of, uh, learning to learn, right. Learning to be able to, uh, say the right nomenclature and do the right searching to find what it is that you need to get what you're doing done. You know, like if you said, Hey, I want to do with the web audio API. If you're just sitting there, you know, waving a stick around, you're not going to get anything done. You're not going to learn anything. But if you say, I want to make a drum machine, right. Then you have something to work towards, right. Then you say, okay, I have a specific problem here. How do I, uh, how do I load up a sample? Right. Yeah. I, I would totally agree with you. I was completely project driven as well. Like, but, and mo I usually recommend that to people. I've, and, and have seen success for people who are, uh, who are, are also project driven. Rarely have I seen, but that's what interests me about like boot camps is like, you're not really project driven. If you go to a boot camp, they're just telling you what to the do. The problem is that it's not your project, right? Right. Or right, right. like, you're not passionate about it. So it has to be care. a passion thing for you to give a shit for you to sit there until two in the morning, figuring out how the fuck it works. Right. Uh, I would hundred percent agree. 
I learned how to play the guitar to impress girls. And like, that's just it. Like that's, six months after that, like, I didn't really care so much about like which girls I was impressing. I was like, oh shit, the guitar is actually pretty cool. But <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that was my project. For Over me. your yeah. different, different kind of hump. Yeah, hey, hey, <laughs> hey. You don't need mastery either, right? Like talking about like playing music, like, did you know that I can't read sheet music at all? Oh, so same, like, same, same. Yeah, I have like no all. idea. Yeah, None, right? I can barely read fucking tablature. But, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, I have albums on Spotify, right? Because you don't need to know every single fucking thing about JavaScript to build something, right? You, no. you might need a specific domain for exactly what you're doing, right? Like, like I'll be the first to tell you I'm not, like, the sickest person at Node because I fucking barely do it. You know, like, I do it here I and mean, there, but I'm not sitting there doing, like, fucking bro, like, scale Node shit. The smartest dude... The smartest dudes like Sebastian and Co, like they're they're doing the hard bits and giving it to me in a beautiful pointy bracket API, right? <laughs> like, oh, one hundred percent agree. Yeah, why would I bother getting like really? I mean, now I got to get like good at that shit. But I was like, yeah, okay, I have, I can lean on this network of people who are doing free work for me and make my websites awesome. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I, 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 I call the podcast pointy brackets. Pointy brackets, <laughs> the other name for the undefined, but the, uh, no, I totally read, look, you, the, uh, you know, pick your abstraction. And when I see like all this perf profiling shit on Twitter and I'm just like, yeah, I hope I don't ever have that problem, but if I do, I'll look it up, but I don't give a fuck about it at the moment. Um, well, it's like, not the performance isn't important. It's like, I don't care right now. I'm working on a product. Yeah, right? it's the wrong time. We'll yeah, get yeah. to it. Like sometimes we'll get to it if it matters in, in mm. those, in those domains by accident. And that's where you learn, right? Like I, I wrote a thing where I rewrote jQuery and the goal was to make it smaller and faster than jQuery. And previous to that, I did not give a fuck how long it took to execute certain functions, right? But now mm -hmm. that I wanted to beat jQuery on performance, right, I had to go in and I had to look at, you know, I had to sit there and do benchmarking and shit like that. Um, and, you know, I got pretty knowledgeable about that domain, right? Same thing with, you know, like React performance, which can be a pretty granular thing. Um, and a strategic thing, you know, if you have like real perf problems. So I think it's like, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, some people are just really good at shit. Like some people know fucking, uh, WebGL, right? Who the fuck knows yeah, WebGL? They're, they're, they're not, they're not cool. Yeah. No, they're just, man, they're cool. <laughs> no I'm kidding. They're actually really fucking awesome <laughs> and have like amazing portfolios and do shit that but I can't even You don't think know the first fucking thing about like, WebGL, do you? <laughs> nah, I don't. Can, can I, don't, you I, don't. I can't fucking write a shader. I could follow this discussion the other day. <laughs> I could copy pasta. I probably could copy pasta a shader. Yeah. Actually, you know what I would do if I had a WebGL project? I would call Rich Harris. That's what I would do. Oh, that's what I would do. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. No, that's just it. You'd, uh, you'd uh, taunt him. You'd nerd snipe him. You'd say something <laughs> on Twitter and he'd be like, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to do it better. That's what he would do. <laughs> nerd fake news. Yeah. <laughs> Let me show so, you some fake news about this. <laughs> One of my previous managers had this had a saying that I will keep for the rest of my like for the rest of my life. He said that you should never solve a scaling problem until it's a problem, because once it becomes a problem, it means that you're a success and you'll have a budget to fix it. Wise word. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, why well, I don't really need a Node server to do six thousand requests a minute or whatever, unless I have six thousand requests coming in. At which point, I'm probably going to slap an ad on it and get a budget to fix it. I guess I don't know. People have like this real big like what if kind of like over engineering boner, and I don't get it at mm. all. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, fun. it's fun. fun, fun that's what it is. Yeah. 
you know, but, um, I, I fight with this, you know, I mean, we deal with this all the time. Cause like we sometimes have, you know, we solve problems for a living and that's how we get paid and it's someone else's problem. And all, there's always, you know, we read, we're on the Twitters and the hacker newses and you know, it's tempting to go want to use the newest shiniest thing, but you know, use boring technology. That's usually the, the, the winning solution is to use boring technology and, uh, don't solve for the, what if tomorrow, maybe. And, uh, focus on the now, um, not like neglecting the future, but just like give yourself the optionality. Definitely don't close any doors, but like, wow, you do not need to have like the brand new shiniest framework slapped onto this, um, thing that you're building. They're just not worth it. Um, and it'll slow you down, right? Like these are usually the way I see it usually is it's an excuse to not build your product or not solve the real problem at hand. Mm -hmm. Um, when people do that right there, there, it's a form of procrastination that doesn't feel like procrastination because it feels like you're doing something. But then you spent like the last 17 hours, like just like trying to learn something new instead of doing the actual problem you were trying to solve or building the product that you were trying to solve. Because to be honest, you never wanted to really solve that problem. You want to learn other stuff. And exactly. sometimes it's weird when you get so good at learning stuff, like it's almost like learning is more comfortable than doing. Um, and I feel like people fall into that trap sometimes. So I've been doing a lot of doing lot. lately and it feels fucking amazing. Mm. Doing is very, very good. Um, if, if you start mm -hmm. making like tools to do things rather than doing things, um, you run out of like problems pretty quickly. And then you come up with shit like React Music. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know but then, then you, you, you go back into the space and, uh, you know, you see that there, there is a bunch of problems that you didn't even know existed. You know, because you're fucking dicking around all day long. I think that's my goal with React. Like, once, like I've been trying. So, I joined very recently, and it's been a little like I wouldn't say intimidating, but I'm still trying to figure out how I fit. But over the last few weeks, I think I've figured it out. I think my job is to figure out how to make React really boring. <laughs> you know, like it should not be the thing that people talk about. Like, it should just be assumed. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I use React. I don't care. Like, let's talk about something else. I'd be happy with let's that. Let's talk about Rust. Oh, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not going to talk about Rust. I'm kidding. I, I don't know jack shit about Rust. Like, it seems very cool. And, like, it works for some people. But, again, I tried the tutorial and I was like, okay, I need to come back to this in a while. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we're getting towards uh, way past our time. But So, let's uh, finish this up with some picks. Um, so we'll go around here. Favorite things you, you, you saw, read, found. You already said Spider-Man, so you can't say Spider-Man. You can't say Spider-Man mm -hmm. this week. So we'll kick it to you, uh, Ken, uh, with, uh, your picks for the week. Oh man, my picks for the week. Um, I, uh, very recently got back into Wu-Tang and I highly Ooh. recommend the Method Man to Cal album. Um, I brought it back on that and that shit fucking rules. Um, so I'm going to throw that one out there and, um, my kids stole my fucking keys and I still haven't found them. So another pick that I'm going to have is the tile. App. Are you serious? You still haven't found them? I still haven't uh, found them. I have tile. I have tile. Tile is yeah, great. I don't, I don't have tile. Well, I'm about to have tile, but you know, I, I, I both don't have tile and I don't have fucking keys. Don't be me. <laughs> That's all my picks. Uh, Sunil, what, what are your picks? 
Uh, I spent some time re-listening the last Blink-182 album called California. Uh, and despite it being called California, it's actually a pretty good album. <laughs> uh, so it's it's a bunch of middle-aged dudes who are still trying to act very young. And I feel like that appealed to my inner brand, whatever it is. <laughs> Hello there, fellow uh, But it's a good album, end-to-end. Yeah, it's a good album. It's a good album, end-to-end. Like, track-to-track, track, it's done really well. What about you, Jared? My picks for the week uh, are the following. I found this open source GraphQL CMS from um, this guy, Beer Kier. Uh, it's called Prime. I just started on GitHub. And it's basically like an open source, like Contentful or Prisma. It's super early days. I think I was the first person to start it, but it is pretty tight. You just like describe your data models and just. It just whips up a GraphQL API for you. So that's cool. You can deploy to Heroku. Um, and so that's cool. Sunil, thank you so much for being our guest. You know what? Thanks, man. Like like even two minutes or five minutes of what I speak about matters to somebody else in the world. I figure like it's a good job done. So thank you for giving me this opportunity. I'll be, I'll be seeing you soon, hopefully. It's been nice hanging with you folks. That's our show. Thanks so much for listening to the Undefined Podcast. Our guest today has been Sunil Pai software engineer at Facebook, React Core team member, and creator of Glamour. For all the latest engineering banter, shitposting, and memes, follow us on Twitter at TheUndefined.io or get the fuck off social media and check out our over-engineered website at undefined.fm. For The Undefined Podcast, I'm Jared Palmer, along with Ken Wheeler. We'll see you next time. <laughs>